everyone. Welcome to episode 4 of the Running Voyager. We had a break last week because I was out at the Addo Elephant Trail Run helping out as part of the crew. Our guest today is Nontutuko Ngami. This lady is an absolute powerhouse. You'll hear the awe in my voice as I chat with Nontu. Her running journey started when a friend invited her for a 10 kilometer walk. Nontu is the first African woman to run seven marathons on seven continents in seven days, and now she's training for the Marathon de Sops. This is a six day, 251 kilometer ultra marathon held every year in Southern Morocco in the Sahara Desert. According to Wikipedia, this has been regarded as the toughest foot race on earth. Let's get straight into it. Here's my chat with Nontu. Hi Nontu, how was your day? How far did you run today? Yeah, I did about 25 Ks. And it's so funny because when I initially read your email, I thought you were saying 5 p.m. And I was like, mm, usually I'm running during that time. And only later I realized it's actually half past seven. It's a perfect time. Yeah. Because um, I around about half past six. Uh, okay. Wow. 25. Because you're training for marathon de subs. Hey. That's right. Kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is known to? Uh, do you prefer me to call you known to? Is is that okay? That's correct. Okay. Yes, that's absolutely okay. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Linda. And thanks for this opportunity um, to engage you about myself, my passion and what I do and what I love. Really known to is a lady that loves running. Um, loves adventure, loves uh, taking up challenging races and adventures, um, loves to run them long. And it's actually even get better when I run for a noble and important cause, supporting children in need. Uh, as I've said, I'm an endurance runner who runs for a charity initiative called Go Beyond for a Child. This initiative really supports children from outlying areas, those underserved communities in deep rural villages, focusing on primary school education, mostly from grade R to grade seven. Um, I combine uh, my expertise as a psychologist and my passion for running to make a difference. Um, by occupation, I'm a general manager of human resources at Richards Bay Coal Terminal. Um, I've selected um, deep rural villages and young ones from a rural village because I too am a deep rural village girl. I hail from Seleni Wamklabuyalingana, deep rural area in Guazulu Natal. So it is my desire to inspire hope and to especially just spread the word to, because I know the realities of growing up in a rural village, you know. Um, so I just hope that I can ignite hope that it is possible that um, genius is equally distributed, even though opportunities aren't, and just simply say, look for that one breakthrough, that opportunity, because it's always on its way. That's me, Linda. Oh, I love it, Nuntu. I absolutely do. I'm, I'm inspired as well. So first of all, I want to ask, how did you start running? What was the thing that made you decide running is the thing that I'm going to do? Thanks. Very interesting, my, my story of running, because it started with a walk. A friend of mine 
or a colleague then uh, invited me to go with her to the East Coast Big Walk. And then she said, come on to let's go. And I was like, how many kilometers? And she said, 10. And I said, there's no way I can finish 10 kilometers. Maybe let me do five. And she said, no, it's a lot of fun. You will meet people who will chat. You won't feel the, diff- the distance. And I signed up. And after that 10 kilometer walk, I came back really inspired, feeling good. Really, there was that, you know, that feel good feeling yeah. that I could only attribute it to this walk, you know? So I then started uh, to, to run or jog in the mornings. And it so happened that at that time, I had just relocated from Durban. I was working for South African breweries and I relocated to Richards Bay, now work, working for Rio Tinto, a mine in Richards Bay. So I was also bored a little bit in Richards Bay. So I sat then now running every morning and sometimes um, in the evenings just to keep myself busy. And quickly I realized that I actually enjoy this running thing. And I started signing up for races, 21 kilometers. Before I knew it, it was a marathon. Before I knew it, it was comrades. And really the rest is history. Um, I have a theory actually that uh, some people are born runners. (laughs) Some people aren't. (laughs) Clearly you ran that first time and you were like, this is my sport. Yeah, it felt really so good. It felt felt like it's calling my name. I was like, wow, I love the feeling. If I can feel like this every day, that would be like a lovely life. And when you got running, are you mostly on the road? Do you spend some time on the trail? Mostly road. Okay. I run on trails when I do races, like trail runs, which mostly are in bag in Durban. But mostly train, I train on the road. I actually knew about you through Adventure Tales. I think you were yes, going to. Be I, was the next... in, I was actually supposed to be the next speaker. Then you, COVID came. <laughs> yeah, you were the next speaker. <laughs> so they had like this trailer at the end of the last show, and we're all looking forward to it. And then, and then, of course, COVID came. But you had just you had just run seven marathons on seven continents. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, what does it entail? In how many days do you have to do it? Yeah, thanks, Linda. There's seven marathons on seven continents in seven successive days. You really run seven marathons. That is 42.2 kilometer for seven days in a row. Wow. So all seven days is you fly and run, fly and run. So we had a dedicated plane that will take us from continent one right up to continent seven. So we started... Normally, uh, the race starts in Antarctica simply because of the weather is not so predictable there. So we need to have it first so that we're we're not going to have a break. It so happened last year, though, that um, because all participants meet in Africa, Cape Town. So everyone had flew down from Australia, America, all over. And we had met in Cape Town. So we were going to leave on the 6th. For Antarctica, and when we were in Cape Town, when we were in Cape Town Airport, um, it was announced that we can't proceed because the weather is not good in Antarctica. There's no way that the plane will land, so we had to go back to our hotels. That means now a race will start a day later. Following day, the seventh, again, we got the news that the weather is still not good, so we're not going to be able to land. And the race director decided to take a risk and say this year for the first time ever in the history of the World Marathon Challenge, we're going to start in Africa. And it was quite a very interesting one because um, I was the first female from Africa to run seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. And it was quite interesting that 
we so happen to start in Africa, you know, because God lives in Africa, you know. <laughs> yeah. so anyway, anyway, then we started with Cape Town and the race director had to get a, 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 a aircraft, a Russian a operated aircraft that can be able to actually land in Antarctica in light of the weather conditions. Linda, um, the conditions were very rough, even by Antarctica standards. They were so strong. We arrived, we had no hope that we can run. So the race director said, look, if we don't run today, we had already ran in Cape Town. This means we'll have to cancel the marathon we had in Cape Town and run here and go back to Cape Town and repeat so that we can still have, we can still claim seven days marathons in successive days so fortunately then we we had to do it you know so we ran in in cape town we went to antarctica we were able to run quickly got into our plane we flew to um australia in perth for our third marathon and then we went to asia in dubai for our fourth then we went to europe um in in spain in in madrid and then thereafter we went to South America in Brazil in a city called Fortaleza, and then we ended in North America in Miami. So those were really, I would say, that was the journey. I mean, over the seven days, we had an opportunity to shower only twice because we were really pressed for time. You know, it was really fly, land, run, finish, fly, land, run, etc. until the very last marathon. And how did you find Antarctica? Ah, oh, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. I remember when I finished that marathon, I really thought I've lost my fingers because I couldn't move them. I couldn't even remove my jacket. I had to be assisted to remove the jacket. It was, it was really brutal. I had to dig deep. I mean, not alone, other participants as well. We really had to dig deep and the conditions, the weather made it, you know, 10 times harder. Yeah, that was a very brutal race, I must say. And uh, what was the dropout rate? Was there a dropout rate? Yes, for sure. Sadly so, you know. Yeah, a few did not finish uh, in Antarctica, you know. Um, it was just that rough, you know. I think if I'm not mistaken, um, we were 36 participants. About four didn't finish. Okay. And uh, what sort of training did you have to do? I'm sure it was crazy training yeah yeah again what made antarctica very interesting it's because for me based in south africa where it's really hot i didn't really have an opportunity to train for antarctica conditions you yeah. know mm-hmm. yeah so, so i just had to tell myself i'll cross the bridge when i get there and thank goodness i did cross that bridge wow the mental toughness it must take kudos and um, what can you say are the lessons that you learned from the seven marathons in seven days on seven continents? Yeah, you see, Linda, it sounds like a cliche, but all dreams do come true. When I remember from the time I came across this concept of seven marathons on seven continents in seven days, I myself said, there's no way how they're pulling a leg. Let me read this thing further, you know, and having to look at uh, what it entails. It was a dream, but it felt like a not so attainable dream. But you know, um, like the the book titled Alchemist, um, when you want something so badly and with all your heart, the entire universe conspires in your favor. So the biggest lesson really learned was 
your dreams are valid. All dreams do come true. Also, if I may just highlight also another big, which will get into it, lesson and that I learned around dreams coming true. I was running this race for a cause to help a primary school in deep rural village of Dugudugu in Mdubatuba to build five new classrooms. I had met the school in 2018. Some of the classrooms, Linda, had over 100 learners in one classrooms. Oh. They were using old park homes as their classrooms, window panes shattered, and these were unstable and unsafe. So I had a dream to help them by building new classrooms. And with COVID, fundraising was just made even a lot harder. Sponsors were pulling out because I came back from the seven marathons in February. And in South Africa, COVID uh, started to hit the shores of South Africa on the, on the 4th of March. That's when a first case was reported. Fast forward 28th of March, uh, the country was put on uh, lockdown, level five total shutdown, so to speak. So it was, it was difficult and I could see my dream fading away, but there's always, there's always help on its way. I'm grateful for sponsors who came on board after some initial one pulled out. So I then realized that in life, you just need to go with the flow, you know, don't yeah. change your, your vision, but allow allow the universe to direct your path. In the end, you will arrive at your destiny, but how it may change along the way. Oh, I love that quote from the alchemist. I, I love it. And what were the highlights for you? Funny enough, uh, Antarctica, as tough as it was, <laughs> it was really a really <laughs> highlight. And again, for me, it emphasized how resilient human species is. We're so resilient, we are enduring. We really, we, our spirits cannot be crushed. You know, we, we rise above, we are able to dig deep. And I also realized that, you know, everything you need for your entire journey on earth, you already have it. I learned in Antarctica that sometimes you need not to obsess about the finish line. Just one step at a time, just run the mile you are at, just, just that mile and keep going and keep going and keep going. Before you know it, you will reach the finish line. Another highlight was Brazil. It was extremely hot, about 36 degrees. It was total opposite of Antarctica. It was extremely, extremely hot. And again, you need to change your, your dream, you know, it, not necessarily change your dreams, but change the plan if needs be. For example, when I got to South America, I had been running um, sub four hours, all these marathons except uh, Antarctica. And I was again aiming for sub four hours, but it was just too hot. Within uh, kilometer number three, I realized that sub four hours is not possible, but what is important and possible is the finish line. And I ended up finishing just over four hours. And again, it's just that maturity to be humble enough to say this will not happen today. Some other day it may, but not today. The conditions are not that friendly. Let me adjust my goals accordingly. And I have to say, one of the other major highlights of this journey was when we handed over the five completed new classrooms to Keeping Kunzi Primary School on the 19th of February, that's when I felt mission accomplished. Well done. What an astounding job. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually um, so inspired. I'm at a loss for words. And 
let's say somebody else wanted to try this, what advice would you give them? Like as a person who's done it, what advice would you give? I'd say go for it. Don't doubt yourself. Don't try to finish the seven marathons in your head because it's not possible. You, you have to physically do them. Often, Linda, we don't do things because we try to overly visualize them, start them and finish them in our head and we get overwhelmed. Believe you me, when you have to show up, you will show up. So just, just face your fears and it's good to feel the fear, feel it, embrace it. It keeps you humble and it makes you committed to the training plan, but just do it, just, just do it. You know, stop saying, what if? What if you make it? Because you will make it in all likelihood, you will make it. Number two, get a coach. Yeah. On your own, you may struggle, but trust me, when you have someone that you can be accountable to and who will help you design a program for you so that every day you show up. Remember, Linda, that the difficult part is in the is training not actually the adventure itself. It's training, it's showing up every day, eight months before the big event. Yeah. My coach was Prodigal Kumalo, who is the current record holder of the World Tour Marathon, the Ultra Trail Cape Town 100 kilometers, who has uh, two gold medals from Comrades Marathon. And he really helped me prepare for this journey. Without his help, I wouldn't have done it as successfully as I did. Okay, so definitely get a coach. I know a lot of people take it for granted, but having a coach makes such a big difference. And um, how did this change your life? You know, I really thought my life was already changed by 2018 Kakluf 100 Miler. That's the race that actually made me meet the school that I ran the World Marathon Challenge for. But the World Marathon Challenge, Linda, took it a step further and notch higher. It has connected me to my life purpose and my best self. I have to be honest with you. Also, this journey grew me as a person, both the journey of the seven marathon, also the journey of fundraising. I raised 1.7 million to build the five new classrooms. Wow. It helped so much. I learned a lot. Through fundraising, I learned to deal with rejection I learned to deal with uh, knocking on doors, you know, but mostly I met amazing people really that I cherish. And I believe that, you know, allow, allow the process to make you. And World Marathon Challenge has really, it has really connected me to my purpose, to my why. I now enjoy running even a lot more because I run for a cause, for something bigger than me. Because I believe in equal opportunities. And it's my wish that every child gets a fair chance to succeed. Often children from rural villages, Linda, are out of sight and out of mind. And thanks to the World Marathon Challenge, because it really affirmed really my purpose on earth. I love your mission. I don't do as grand gestures as you do. Like, this is pretty phenomenal, but education is so important. And it's something that I think is underestimated in the world, how much an education can make a difference in a child's life. So this is just a phenomenal cause. I'm going to just pivot and talk a little bit about Kalkluf 100 Miler only because my selfish reason is that I want to run it in September. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go for it. 
Wow. Yeah. How did you find, how did you find the hundred miler? You know what, Linda? Oh, that race is an amazing race. I went back in 2019. Yeah. And you know, it's amazing that no matter how many times you've done something, it will never feel the same. Yeah. Simply because there's magic in it. And a hundred miler, the Kakluf is, I would encourage anyone who wants to attempt a 50 miler or mm-hmm. a hundred miler, go for Kakluf. It's a beautiful race and it's a trail run that is runnable and the support is overwhelming. The race organizer, um, Andrew and Lorraine, are just passionate about what they do. They're oozing passion. It is an amazing race to do. It is just simply, it leaves you with an aha moment. You know, I remember 2018, a Kakluf 100 miler was my very first 100 miler. You know, having ran my longest distance then, um, comrades on trail was only 75 kilometers. I don't know where I got the courage to think from 75 kilometers <laughs> of trail running, I can now do 160 kilometers. But that's who I am, you know? I just go for the jugular, you know? Because I am, you know what, Linda? I'm someone who is not shy to fail. So many of these things, I actually do them and... I do um, know that I might not succeed, but I get the comfort in knowing that I would have attempted and I would have learned something. So it's a beautiful race. I encourage people to go sign up for Kakluf, whether it's a 50 miler or 100 miler, it will change your life. So um, I, I did the 50 twice. Question I always ask someone who's done a 100 miler, did you hallucinate? I was looking forward to see things that are not there and I didn't. <laughs> I've done 103 times now, two Kakluf and one is African Centurion. And I didn't, you know. (laughs) But I must say, kudos to my pacers. Really, a hundred mile big credits must go to pacers. Um, It wouldn't go to me, to be honest with you, because they really make you finish. Uh, Without pacers, it will be almost difficult, if not impossible, to finish 100 mile. Pacers keep you sane. How did you choose your pacers? Like what sort of qualities can we look for in pacers? You have two options when it comes to pacers. Um, for me, with 2018 one, I selected pacers who are not experienced runners. And I saw so much value with that because remember after all pacers come in after 80 kilometers. So you are already tired. So it is okay to have an average runner, you know, or someone who is not a very fast runner because you'll be tired anyway. What I also learned about them, they have a lot of compassion. Remember, they are not used to these crazy adventures that you do that are done by crazy people, you know? So there's so much compassion. I would highlight a lady by the name of Zanel Mtiane, who is a friend and a colleague. She really made my, my, my 2018 Kakluf 100 miler. She was the best pacer ever. I mean, I didn't want to let go of her. As a result, she ended up running longer than we had agreed. Her compassion was just amazing. She really gave me strength at my weakest. When I look at 2019, I was paced mostly by experienced runners. Three ladies and my coach, Podigal Kumalo, he played a critical role, especially because for some reason, 2019 happened to be more difficult than 2018 for me. 
you know? So um, I was really cutting it too fine towards the end and time was moving. And you know what? With a, a long distance a race, like 100 mile, it's easy to think you have time. And before you know it, you're cut off. So having a fast runner like him, who decided to step in just about 35 kilometers to the finish. And he said, you are going slow and you're not going to finish. We need to move. And he wasn't begging me. It was really, we are racing now. Yeah. And thank goodness, because really he helped me finish. If I had taken it too easy, thinking I've got time, I might have not made it because I just made it. I think I only had one hour to spare. So it sounds like a lot. But for a hundred mile, one hour feels like 10 min- minutes for a marathon. Okay. Um, I'm obviously selfishly taking all these points for my own race. Thank you very much for the wisdom. So uh, what's next for Nontu? What are your next running goals? Yeah, my next one is running in the Sahara Desert in October. We'll be undertaking a, a 251 ultra marathon. Um, really, I'll be doing this to raise funds to build toilets for the school. Remember, I mentioned that uh, with the World Marathon Challenge, I built the five classrooms. The school is still in need of toilets. So I will be running this race to raise funds to build the toilets. And this race is regarded as the toughest foot race on earth. I carefully chose it, Linda, uh, this race, because it really epitomizes the hardship children from rural village faces. They often really learn under very tough and harsh conditions, both at home and at school. I mean, they have to be resilient to keep forging forward, even under such tough conditions. Sometimes they go to school without food, wear worn out school uniform. I mean, on the 19th of February, when we're handing over the five new classrooms, we also donated um, 300 school wear to learners who I need. So really this race, it's all about be resilient and show up, do not give up. And I hope through this race, I'll be also sending that message to children from rural village to say, just show up, keep surviving. You know what, uh, the light is coming. Just keep, just keep forging forward. Uh, yeah, the marathon de Sabi is a hard one. Um, I was actually talking to my coach about this. And I, I just sort of mentioned it. I was just like, oh, what about Marathon de Sable? But maybe for 2022 or something like that. So basically you carry all your gear in yes. the desert. And I heard that the long night, there's like a long night. Apparently that's the hardest yeah, where part. you have to do 80k kilometers straight. Yes. I've heard horror stories. And how's your training going? Like, how do you manage to not get injured and still keep up your mileage because I'm sure you're doing quite a bit of mileage. Yeah, absolutely. And now I've started to run on sand. Obviously, there isn't really a desert that I can go to and, and run. So uh, similar conditions would be like running on beach sand. Mm-hmm. So that was doing that one mostly on weekends, that way I run. And then uh, maybe around about May, June, I start to run with a backpack that will be maybe 10 kg just to, because... Obviously, once you have a backpack, it changes your form. So I need to just get used to that. Um, but really, my my approach, and again, I'm 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 still coached by Prodigal Kumalo. The approach is run on tired legs while you do as speed endurance, but also do mileage because really it's important to learn to move forward even when you are tired, to keep moving even when you are tired. And that you learn on training. So the idea is that on an average month, 
um, leading up to the race, I'll be doing over 550 kilometers per month. Whoa. And um, so nutrition wise, do you have any special tricks or do you just eat as you go? Yeah, I've actually um, now I've been consulting with people who have done it before. Um, there's a lady by the name of Vivian, in fact, who also has ran World Marathon Challenge and also has ran this race. So I was just asking around food tips because you want to carry light food, right? So that it's yeah. not heavy. So I've got some very interesting uh, tips for food. Like you would like pack your Kellogg's and like pack a coconut milk um, for energy drink. You pack like the powder one instead of the water one, um, noodles. So all of that, I will also try to try that food at least two months before the race and okay. see how I cope, you know. Um, I think for us who like the geek, the geeky stuff, we're always interested in all these little things that you do before the big races. And mm. injury, is your body like one of those bodies that just uh, recovers very nicely or do you do a lot of strength and all the other things as well? You know what I learned, Linda? There's, there's something that we take for granted and it took me a long time to to actually learn it stretch before you run and after and strength exercise does i would i'm not going to say waterproof you against injuries but it does really prevent injuries so i am now really um, disciplined around doing strength exercise at least two to three times a week stretching before i run and after the run also stretch a warm up and cool down you know, those little things, as well as um, recovery supplements, these things we take for, for granted, like glutamine, you know, yeah. I'm not promoting anything, but I'm just saying there are certain things like foam rolling that we take for granted, we're lazy to do, but they make a huge difference, like a massage. So I, I now invest in those things, you know, um, because they really do help me to run injury free. I don't remember when last I had an injury and touch wood, I don't get one. But since I started doing these small things, I, I normally say these small things are almost like saving money. 100 rand saved is better than, of course, 100 rand spent. No matter how small it is, but if it's spent, you have it. So similarly with these things, no matter how small it is, if you do it, it will get you somewhere. Thanks, Nontu. That's actually very helpful um, because you are doing a lot of mileage and these are all handy tips to just yes. maintain the body. And then I'm going to touch a bit on this one because um, I'm a mother to a teenage girl. She's just turned 18. And oh. I always like to, for me, it's important for us to have like role models for our girls so that they can understand that they can go out into the world and they can do anything. So I wanted to ask for you, for example, how do you find that as, as a black woman in the running world, achieving such phenomenal things, first of all, what are the dynamics? Let's say you were talking to an 18 year old and just telling her what she needs to overcome or that she can do it too. What would be your words, for example, to a young unknown to growing up? Really, Linda, my words would be people are just people. Yeah. We often, we often, <laughs> we often like, mind too much as to whether I belong or I don't belong. Look, you belong to the universe and you belong to yourself. 
And everyone you meet is not superior or inferior to you. If anyone thinks they are superior or inferior, it's really an illusion or a false story they've told themselves. So in whatever environment you find yourself, be at home because you belong to the universe. You belong in every space you find yourself. Whether you find yourself in Russia, you belong. Whether you find yourself in America, you belong. You know, because the world is ours to explore. And it's true that there is definitely an intersection of gender, race, and age. Um, and for me, I see this as bringing both opportunities and challenges. And in many adventures that I've done, yes, I have found myself as the only Black woman in the midst. And for me, I don't really overly read this other than the fact that I'm getting an opportunity to inspire other Black women because role modeling is very important. There is power in seeing yourself reflected in someone else. 100%. There is power that comes by looking at an Oprah. There's power that comes by looking at a vice president of America, someone that looks like you. There is power in looking at a Serena Williams. There is power in looking at someone really who looks like you. So all, all I really say is if you find yourself in an environment where you are the only one like you, do not be intimidated. You belong there. If anything, you've got a responsibility to pull others to that space. Take up the space. You belong there. Do not doubt yourself. No one is superior to you no inferior to you you are just enough oh I love it I have goosebumps <laughs> I love it um okay so now let's do the fun questions what is the craziest thing you've experienced as a runner so you know runners we have our little things that we do that other people don't understand oh Linda for me the funny one is when you know there's some races that the finish line is confusing it's yeah. when you stop you've crossed the finish line when you haven't and you, you have a referee telling you no this is not the finish you must continue and you're like oh no I'm gonna kill you I thought I'm done <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is running a really tough race and you 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 swear to yourself that you're not gonna run for the next two months if not six months you're just gonna take a break because this thing is really painful and brutal and then you cross the finish line you start shopping for another race to run <laughs> that's so true that is so true <laughs> what is wrong with us <laughs> exactly you just realize could, could I be addicted you know you like you, you you could swear you were not gonna run because it was so painful but no now suddenly you really enjoyed the pain and you want another pain and if the pain is more next time the better yeah I know that's very true and what's your favorite race or a race that you say to someone, you definitely should do this one? Definitely. It will be Katluf 100 Miler. It will connect you to your best self. Another race is Comrades Marathon. It's an ultimate human race. It will humble you. How many times have you run Comrades? Five times. Um, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still on the fence about Comrades. 2020 was my year. I was going to do it. And then COVID <laughs> happened. You and, know? Yeah. And I'm like, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? And everyone says, just have your two years at least. Do your up run and your down run. At exactly. least. It's an amazing race. And a book recommendation. It has to be um, Pole, a book uh, titled A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. I love the book. 
it really talks about a new earth, awakening to your life purpose. Okay. It talks about, I mean, for me, I love how much it talks about living in the present moment and how it talks about paying attention to what's around you, notice what's around you, and do not overly obsess about time. It's an illusion. And how it talks about not carrying body pain with us, letting go. And what about a movie or a TV series that you, you can recommend? It has to be Everest. That movie, it leaves you crying. At the same time, it leaves you inspired. It makes you think about what is your summit. I'm going to put all these links when I do the show notes. And where can we find you on social media, Nontu? I am on Facebook as Nontu Tugumgabi. That's where I am. Okay. And if people want to donate to your cause? Yes, I would really encourage people to support this noble cause. They can contact me via email on Nontu dot mgabi at icloud.com that is n for november o for october another n for november t for tool u for under dot m for mother g for good a for arts b for blue h for huge i for india at icloud.com all right thanks nontu so uh we are going to keep an eye on you in October 2021 and see how you do at Marathon de Saabs. All the best wishes. Thank you so much, Linda. Appreciate it. And thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing your story with us. Um, I just want to say we really appreciate everything you're doing for the children. That's really phenomenal. And you are such a role model. I'm I'm absolutely inspired. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Linda. I'm humbled. Thanks for the work you do thank to inspire you. us we do thank you okay bye thanks linda bye bye thank you so much for listening have a great week full of running adventures don't forget to follow us on instagram at the running voyager till next time cheers